yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the, the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing. So Ireland picked up their third successive bonus point win in the Six Nations. They scored five tries, including two from Mac Hansen to beat an impressive Italy 34 points to 20. Now let's go to Rome and join Rory O'Connor and Keane Tracy who are in the Stadio Olimpico. Three out of three, Rory, for Ireland in this championship. Italy certainly asked a lot of questions of Ireland there today. How do you assess Ireland's performance? I think we should probably start with the Italians because that was certainly their best performance against Ireland since 2013 and probably a more complete performance than, than they've ever put in, maybe since they, they beat Ireland a couple of times in the 90s. Like, they were excellent. And I think worse teams than Ireland wouldn't have got out of here with the win. So I think Ireland deserve credit for finding their way through a very, very difficult game of rugby. You know, Italy caused them serious problems in defence. I think they missed Gary Ringrose badly there. I think that, you know, Aki in that outside centre channel was exposed a few times. Um, I don't know if that moving Caelan Doris to six really works anymore. He's too good at eight. And I think they really, you know, when he moved into that slot, when um, Ireland started making change in that second half, I think it made a big difference. And Ryan Baird, I think, was really, really impressive off the bench. Tom O'Toole was very good off the bench. And they needed their bench, you know. I think this is this was a really good stress test for this Irish team. Um, down four starting backs plus Tyg Furlong, and then you lose Finley Bealham in the first half. You know, in a game that I think a, a lesser team would have let it slip in that second half. But I, I, I felt within the stadium that it was a little bit like the Shizuoka defeat to Japan. And Andy Farrell actually compared this Italy team to Japan before the game. It felt a little bit like a game Ireland could very easily lose when Italy got within four points. They were their discipline was slipping. The fact that they managed to kind of wrest control of the match back and, and, and get that last try through Conor Murray's offload speaks volumes to where they are in terms of their strengths, but it wasn't their best performance by any manner of means. You're never going to get through a Six Nations campaign with five perfect performances. Their attack was very good. Their defence left a lot to be desired. They'll have learned an awful lot, but they still have a grand slam in, you know, within their grasp if they can go and beat Scotland and England, who will have learned an awful lot from the problems Italy caused them. So... Like one of the most, certainly the most interesting Ireland Italy game for a decade, and a fabulous game of rugby, a, a great occasion to be at, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was like there's so much to think about and talk to, and talk about after, which we we haven't often said after Italy games in the last decade. Yeah, Keen, what stood out for you about it? 
you thought it was a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde performance, really. I thought there was good parts from Ireland, but um, some really poor stuff as well. Um, I agree with Rod. I don't think Bundyaki playing 13 worked. I, I had concerns um, when I saw that midfield partnership of Stuart McCloskey and Bundyaki. I just think they're too similar uh, type of players. They both want to play the, the same role. And um, it was funny, the, the TV director kept showing Johnny Sexton um, he's sitting in the stand, but I think actually Ireland missed Gary Ringrose more than they missed uh, Johnny Sexton. So um, I didn't think this was the day I came away. You know, I thought Ross Byrne did fine. Ireland's attack was grand, but I just felt the 10, 12 and 13 kind of access was very clunky. Um, just didn't really kind of, it just didn't really work, I don't think. Um, Grand's a bit harsh. They scored five tries and some of them were absolutely they stunning. Did. Yeah, no, the, the attack was good. That's what I'm saying. But defensively, I just didn't think, didn't think they were all on the same page. I thought um, Stuart McCloskey and Bundy Aki looked like two guys who hadn't played a lot of rugby together. Uh, they haven't. And I know Bundy has played in the, you know, in the 13 before. But, you know, we always talk about it's the notoriously difficult uh, position to defend in that 13 channel. And, like, he missed four tackles in the first half alone. And I'm just having a look at the, the stats here. 28 missed tackles from Ireland. Like... I mean, Italy were very, very good, and I agree with you, Rod. I think they deserve absolutely huge credit, but you can't miss 28 tackles um, in a game, like especially not for the number one ranked team in the world. Uh, so I think there's plenty for Andy Farrell to, to get stuck into. Um, again, I agree with Rod. You're never going to have five perfect performances in the Six Nations, but I think it was a case of job done and get out of here with your, your five points. But... Um, there was, yeah, it was. It, there was just part of it that kind of left me. Um, I would say a little bit concerned because I think the reliance on Johnny Sexton is obvious, but I think now Ireland are unbelievably reliant on um, Gary Ringrose. Obviously, Robbie Henshaw is out, and he certainly would have done a good job at, at thirteen. But yeah, Ringrose is certainly becoming. Um, I would say just as important to, to Ireland as Johnny Sexton is. And you mentioned there the 28 missed tackles by Ireland. 20 of those missed tackles came in the first half. But what an entertaining uh, first half that was. Another fast start by, start by Ireland. James Lowe try, try ruled out after a minute and a half. 45 seconds later, James Ryan scored. Four minutes later, um, Italy responded with that Stephen Varney try. And, you know, they really opened up Ireland defensively around that time as well. Then three tries from Ireland. Hugo Keenan, Bundyaki and Mike Hansen. And just before halftime, then Pierre Bruno with a great read to intercept that pass by Aki. 24-17 to Ireland at halftime. It was fairly entertaining stuff, Rory, wasn't it? Oh, it was savage. And Ireland just couldn't shake Italy off. And you... You've got to love a team that's willing to try a set piece play from a five meter scrum in their own twenty two. You know, like they, that was, and like in the second half when they were chasing the game, they were always dangerous. Like Ireland needed that Ryan Baird line out turnover, even when they were fourteen points up with six minutes to go, because they never felt that that safe. Even with that two two you know score cushion, it was really only with five minutes to go that they could actually breathe and relax. And like, there's a massive benefit to being tested in the way Italy tested them today, because you know. I, I do think this is coming at a good time for them. And look, they, they've lost an awful lot of players. Like four starting backs from, from the team that you would pick for, for, for a big Six Nations game is a, a big toll to, to take. And, and it's going to cause... I know they've been able to cope with that adversity and, and cope without those players um, so far. But it's you, know, you can only go so far down your depth chart before it starts to tell. And certainly defensively, I thought the structure missed Ringrose so much. And Italy exploited that. I thought they were very clever. I thought some of their players were really excellent. Lorenzo Canone, some of his carrying in the first half was, was outstanding. 
I think Garbisi makes a massive difference to this Italian team. I think if they'd had Garbisi against France, they probably would have beaten France here. And they brought so much to the party today. And Ireland, in their attack, I thought, really, you know, put together some beautiful uh, play off first phase. It, I think it was probably the best attacking performance since the New Zealand tour, you know, in terms of the, 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 the kind of attacks from outside the 22 zone. A lot of their tries during the Six Nations have come close to the line. They could open Italy a few times um, very, very well. And that's promising with the games to come. So, look, it was... Like there's a huge Irish support here. They're kind of filtering out of the stadium as we speak. They got full value for it was an expensive trip, but um, like oftentimes the game is kind of incidental on your trip to Rome. But this has been a this, this game lived up to every bit of this, the, the kind of Six Nations billing. Yeah, Akeen, there was a lot of talk before the France game about the Ireland team trying to stay calm in those moments when uh, France would hit those purple patches. What about that um, in the second half? Uh, Garbisi uh, scored that penalty. Uh, Bundiaki try was ruled out. Um, they decided to kick for the corner as opposed to going for the post at one stage in the first half, which led to that uh, the, the line out, which was disrupted by Italy. What about the game management at that moment? Like, were they, as Rory just said there, did, did they look rattled at the moment at that time? Because they couldn't quite shake a very impressive Italy off. Yeah, and it's worth repeating. Like, I mean, Italy deserve full credit that the fact that Ireland couldn't shake them off. Um, I thought the game, yeah, the game management was fine, actually. I thought James Ryan did well. Um, like, and that's another thing you miss when, when Gary Ringrose isn't there. It's his, how vocal he is on the pitch. Um, and that's, you know, sort of the intangible kind of stuff. So you were kind of looking at this back line and going, OK, who is the one that's going to step up and fill that void in terms of, like, the vocal leadership? And I thought it was very um, interesting. After Stephen Varney scored the try after six minutes, um, it was Ross Byrne who gathered Ireland in the huddle underneath the post. And this is a guy who's, you know, coming in and he does this kind of stuff for Leinster on a regular basis. But this is exactly what Andy Farrell wanted to see from whoever it is that's coming in and filling in for Johnny Sexton. I think that's probably one of the things that's hurt Joey Carberry is that he's just not quite that vocal, that vocal presence. So I thought it was very telling that, you know, you think of the leaders that are on the pitch, James Ryan, Ian Henderson, um, you know, something like Jack Conan, but it was Ross Byrne who was the one doing doing all the talking. So I thought that was brilliant, like a real, real positive um, to come out of that. And like, I, I'm not being harsh on him at all because I thought he did some ex- exceptional things. I, and it was a difficult situation because when you're coming in as the 10 and playing, I suppose, inside two centres who were probably just struggling to, to get a bit of chemistry uh, going in defence, like that's not easy. So uh, I thought he did very, very well. Um, I thought Craig Casey had a really good game as well. Um, he really put himself about and the tempo that he brings was was good. So um, there's lots of positives. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to be like negative um, or anything, but I just feel like this Ireland team and where they're at, um, I suppose we expect such high standards and Rudd is right. Like when you're, when they're missing so many key players, it's, it's never going to be perfect. And while they did well, um, I think Andy Farrell will see plenty of scope for, for improvement. Um, they spoke during, it was James Lowe was speaking during the week that he felt like Ireland hadn't delivered um, an 80 minute performance in either of the first two games. And this certainly wasn't um, an 80 minute performance either. So, I mean, they're three bonus point wins from three. They've got another week off now next weekend before they turn their attention to, to Scotland. So, I mean, for a team not to have played a full 80 minute performance and to be on the maximum points possible is a very, very good place to to be in because I would agree with them I don't think they've kind of hit their straps and you know that week off um, gives the likes of Tyg Furlong James Gibson Park Robbie Henshaw more time to get back um, for that Scotland game so um, they're definitely in a good place I think us with our critical eye 
it's more so that we just expect so much from this Ireland team, but it's a brilliant, brilliant position to be in. Uh, the Grand Slam dream is very much alive. Uh, it could be some weekend in 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 Ireland and that Paddy's weekend because like the 20s, of course, are on for a potential Grand Slam as well. So Irish rugby is definitely in a good place. Yeah, no, sure is. Uh, Rory, what did you make of Ross Byrne's uh, performance? We spoke about this earlier in the week. I mean, this was the chance we were waiting to see for him to run the week and to start, uh, you know, what was his first Six Nations game? Yeah, I don't think he was outstanding and he missed two uh, conversions that could have been very costly, you know, and two kicks that he, you know, he they, were, they weren't easy by any means, but a player, a, a kicker of his standard would would expect to get them and he'll be disappointed with that. But I think he did nothing to dissuade me that he is not going to be Ireland's number 210 at the World Cup. I mean, he he looked like an international fly half and, and I think that's like the... If, to run the week for the run for ten days to come through a difficult game to play stay on for seventy eight minutes like you know there, there was no change made until the game was pretty much dead that spoke volumes about the trust that this management team have in him and that he's earned over the years and, and certainly I'd say it wasn't a particularly comfortable afternoon for Joey Carberry watching on from the sideline because of you know Burn like if this had been a sixty point win and an easy day at the office I don't think it would have stood Ross and he played really well it wouldn't have stood him in the same level of credit I think the fact that it was a tight game and they had to win it really really will help his case when it comes to selection down the line and Casey the same and then Conor Murray comes on and, and unlocks the Italians with that lovely piece of magic that just just reminds him. everyone that he's, he's he's still a great player and, and Ireland are three deep in that position um, with huge strength so um, it's a good day for Ross Byrne I, like, I think without being man of the match he was he was just he did everything that was asked of him and he did it well yeah and as I see the the media guys behind you are slowly leaving so I know you've got to run off to a, a press conference just before uh, Keen, I'm you're obviously going to go and listen to what uh, Andy Farrell and James Ryan has to say now in some ways are Ireland in a really good uh, position in terms of two games to come and as you were both saying there so much to improve on before that game away to Scotland and at home to England Absolutely. And I think, you know, us picking out, you know, the the flaws in a bonus point performance will be doubled down on by, by the Irish management, you know, like they're, they're going to be looking for the areas to improve. I don't think there'll be, you know, there'll be pats in the back, like a, a job well done. They got they got what they came for here. But there's just so much room for improvement in, in, in you know, the defensive side of things. And it, there's plenty of food for thought as well, because like if Gary Ringrose is injured, you know, going forward and Robbie Henshaw isn't there, like does he go back to... To Bundyaki, or you know, does he try and bring? Like, I was surprised that they waited until the seventy-sixth or seventy-second minute to to get Jimmy O'Brien on. Now, to be fair, like I was just looking at the numbers between uh, Stuart McCloskey and Bundyaki, they racked up some huge, huge numbers, and it's not really like a direct criticism of them. It's more so I just think they're very, very similar, um, and I think Ireland needed more of a cutting edge. So that's certainly an area that Andy Farrell and the coaching staff um, will look at. Some of the attack was was very, very good. They scored some some lovely tries, but like I said earlier, Sinead, I mean, to be in this position and still looking for that 80-minute performance just, I think, speaks volumes for this the healthy state of, of this Irish team going into the, the final two games of the tournament. Okay, great stuff, uh, Keen and Rory. Enjoy the rest of your weekend in Rome. Uh, very jealous back here of the two of you. So thanks a million for that. Of course, we'll be reading your work on independent.ie in the Sunday Independent and uh, the Irish Independent on Monday. Will and Luke will be back next week. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. Rate, review and follow the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast.